Let me open with our scripture passage today. This comes from Luke chapter 3, and um, this is about John the Baptist. Let me read this to you. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Ituria and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of the repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked road shall become straight, the rough way smooth, and all people will see God's salvation. Okay, let's pray real quick. Jesus, we love you. And we just ask right now, Lord, that you, we thank you that you're here. And Lord, would you just speak to each of us and um, put your finger on our heart and on our lives where you want it to be. God, the areas where we need to change, the areas where we need to obey, the areas where we need to die to something, or maybe areas where we need hope or joy or surrender, God, just help us with that today. Uh, Lord, speak to us through this passage, Lord. Um, and God, may we be different people. Lord, speak to us about and through the great man that was John the Baptist. And Lord, I pray that we would hear from you. Nobody would hear anything from me. Lord, anything I say would fall to the ground as dust and be blown away and quickly forgotten. But Lord, your voice would penetrate our hearts and our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let me ask you guys this. Who here really hates to waste stuff? Who here just hates waste? Raise your hand. A lot of you are okay with it. Wow, I was not expecting that. Uh, I really think most of us, if not all of us, we really don't like to waste. You know, we really hate it when things are wasted. Whether it's resources, our possessions, whatever it is, we don't like things to be wasted. When it comes to our money, when it comes to food, we don't like it when our tax dollars are wasted, we don't like it when the air conditioning is wasted, whatever it is, we just, we don't typically like things to be wasted. That's just kind of how we are. But it goes farther than that. It's not just that we don't like things to be wasted, but I think for most of us, our nature and a characteristic most, if not all of us share, is we like to get the most out of things. We like to get the most out of things. We want to maximize stuff. Again, whether it's resources, possessions, you know, whether it's our relationships, even ourselves, we like to get the most out. We want to get the most bang for our buck. We like to maximize. That's who we are, and we hate waste. And it's interesting because, you know, you think about just your life, I think about my life. You want to get the most equity out of your home. You hope to make as much money as you can at your job. We want to have the best marriages we can have. We want our cars to run as long as they can. I will tell you something about me. I drive my car till it dies. Like, literally, I drive it till it stops running on the road, and then I'm stranded, but that's when I call and say, okay, I need a new car now. I mean, that's just how I do it. We want our cell phones to last a really long time, which, by the way, pet peeve of mine, we pay all this money for electronics, and they don't work that great. Apple has just got us so snowed. It's unbelievable. But we like to get the most out of things. We want to maximize. We want to get the most bang for our buck. That's just who we are. I can tell you this from my own life. Um, I had the same alarm clock, bedside alarm clock, for almost 30 years of my life. My parents bought me this alarm clock back in the late 80s, and it was called the Night Jammer. 
and it was awesome. And just, I, I wish I could show it to you, but just try to visualize. I mean, this thing was from the 80s, so just picture how beautiful it must have been with 80s colors and design and all of that kind of stuff. It's just, it'll bring tears to your eyes if you saw it. You're like, this? Finally, somebody made a clock worthy of the name clock. That's what this thing was. And I used it for 30 years, almost, through elementary school, junior high, high school, went to college with me, my first about dozen years as an adult. It was awesome. And then for some reason, right before I got married, I had to stop using it. And I don't know why Michelle won't let us use it in our house or our bedroom. Because I'm like, you say this won't fit with the decor of our house, but I'm like, this is the most beautiful thing in our bedroom if you would let it be. But she won't let me use it. So it's hidden in a box somewhere in our house, and she's determined to throw it out, but I won't, I won't allow it. I really say that. If she found it, she would throw it out, and that would be the end of it. But it's a, uh, I have it well hidden, because I want to leave it to one of my children one day. <laughs> but we just use things, you know, we want to get the most out of them. It's just how we are. Now, when it comes to life, one of the most precious commodities and resources we have, each of us has, is our time. It's our time, the time of our lives, the time that makes up your life and mine that we're going to be here on the earth. Time is one of our most valuable commodities because once it's gone, it's gone and you can't get it back. And so we really like to maximize our time. In fact, all of us really usually hate it when our time is wasted. You know, it drives us crazy when time is wasted or squandered or taken from us. I mean, you think about it, it drives most of us crazy when we're on time for a meeting or an appointment and somebody else is late and time's just wasting You know, we don't like it when we stand in line at the DMV. It drives us crazy when we go to the doctor and we have to wait 45 minutes in the waiting room and we're like, what was the point of the appointment time? You know, we're just always kind of confused. But we just don't like our time to be wasted and taken from us because it is such a precious resource. And what we want to look at and talk about today is how do we get the most out of our time for the Lord in this life? How do we maximize our time when it comes to being a disciple of Jesus. That's what we want to look at and talk about. And so the first thing I want to do, I just want to define that for us. When I say we want to maximize our time for Jesus, the time of our lives, what that means, that means two things for you and me if we're a follower of Jesus. Number one, it means we want to figure out how can we grow as much as we can in our relationship with Jesus during our lifetime. And then secondly, what it means is how God can have the biggest impact through each of us on this world with the gospel. All right, so it is, how do we grow as much as we can in our personal relationship with Jesus, but also how can you and I, and really through us, God have the biggest impact on this fallen world for the gospel? We want to know how to do those two things in order to maximize our time. Now, just think about this with me. When you think about the whole construct of time, it's such a really interesting part of our lives because it's a huge component. In fact, time is really the driving force of your life and mine. Think about your typical day. You and I have to wake up at a certain time, and we have to be out of bed by a certain time, otherwise the whole day, it just gets thrown off. If you've got kids, you've got to get them to school by a certain time, and then you have to be at work by a certain time, and if you're late to work too many times, you're going to lose that job. And then you have to work till a certain time before you can stop and eat your lunch. And then you have this really small window to eat lunch. Then you have to go back to work at a certain time to work until you can leave at a certain time. You have to pick up your kids from school at a certain time. You got to take them to soccer practice and piano recitals at a certain time. 
You have to feed them by a certain time. You have to eat at a certain time. They have to go to bed at a certain time. You go to bed at a certain time, and you do that every single day, and that is life. And it's like, wow, time just drives our lives. That's just how it is. And there's two really important truths about time to always know and remember. Number one is this. You and I have limited time, and also we are running out of time. We have limited time from the standpoint of we're only going to live a certain amount of years. We don't know how many we each get. Only Jesus knows that, but we only get a certain amount of time on this earth. Some people just get a few years, maybe you get 20, 50, 100. But no matter how many you get, it's not that many, whether it's a couple or a hundred. So we have limited time on this earth, but also we are constantly running out of time. Because every second, minute, hour, day, week, month, year that passes, we have less time. Because we're getting closer. I'm sorry this is kind of depressing, but we're getting closer to the end. So we have limited time, and you and I are constantly running out of it. But because of these two things, we have to make sure that we live in such a way for the Lord that we are maximizing our time, the time of our lives for Jesus. That again, that we are growing as much as we can and that through us, he could have the biggest impact on this world for the gospel through your life and through mine. Again, we have limited time and we're running out of it. So we got to make it count because you can't get it back. And there's one person in particular in the Bible that I think really shows us how to do this and how to be a person who maximizes the time of our lives, and it's a guy named John the Baptist. John the Baptist, I think, really lived this out and embodied how to do this thing right. John was somebody that, despite the fact that he had very limited time and that he was running out of time, man, did he get the most out of it. And Luke tells us about that. So what I want to do, I already read our scripture to you, but I'm going to just walk us through it again and just set this whole discussion up for us so you can see it from Luke's perspective. And so let me start again in verse 1. I'm just going to read the first verse again. Um, but just to get an idea of what, how John the Baptist lived. So this is Luke chapter 3, verse 1. Luke writes, In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod was tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas. So what Luke just did here, it's very interesting. Luke was a doctor, and he was this kind of investigative reporter, so he's very precise and very intentional about the facts he gives us. And what Luke is doing here is he is trying to pinpoint exactly the time of John the Baptist's life and ministry. That's what he's doing when he is kind of narrowing down the time. Look what he says. He says, okay, in the 15th year when Tiberius was Caesar, he was the Roman Empire emperor, and he said, when Pilate was governor of Judea, that was the guy who ultimately killed Jesus. And he says, when Herod was a tetrarch, his brother Philip and this other guy, Lysanias. Luke is just trying to pinpoint for us the time of John the Baptist's life and ministry. This would be like me saying, when Donald Trump was president and Nathan Deal was governor of Georgia and Robert Reichert was mayor of Macon, that's when Haynes Martin worked at Martha Bowman. That's what Luke is doing. He just wants you to know, here was the time of John the Baptist's life and ministry. So that's what he's setting up for us. Now, in verse 2, Luke tells us what John did with his time. And what he says is, he goes, The word of God came to John in the wilderness. Then John would go out into the Jordan area, and he began to preach 
about repentance, and he would baptize people. And so Luke gives us a summary of what John the Baptist did with his time. Short and sweet, but he just says, hey, John was a prophet. The word of the Lord came to him. He began to preach all around the Jordan. He was an itinerant preacher, and he began to tell people about repenting of their sins and getting ready for the Messiah, and he would baptize them. So that's what John did with his time, just in a short, summary way. Now, I think we read that, and I think, okay, that's what John did with his time. Good to know. But it doesn't sound like, wow, that was, John just maximized his time. I just, I, I read that at least, and I think, okay, that's what John did with his time. I got it. Doesn't sound, it sounds good, doesn't sound necessarily great. He doesn't sound like he could do a TED Talk on maximizing your time. It's just pretty straightforward. But then Luke does something really interesting in verses 3 through 6. He quotes the book of Isaiah from the Old Testament. And he gives this amazing description of what John the Baptist really did with his time. He just told us a summary of it in verse 2. But in verses 3 through 6, he's like, now let me really tell you what John did with his time. Let me just read this to you again. This is, again, Luke 3. He's quoting Isaiah about John. It says, A voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all people will see God's salvation. So that is Luke describing what John did with his time. Are you kidding me? I mean, seriously, are you kidding me? That's what John the Baptist did with his time, according to Luke. Listen to that. Luke is saying, you know, here's what John did with his time. He was a voice in the desert. He prepared the way for the Lord. Valleys were filled in. Mountains came down. Rough ways smooth. Crooked ways made straight. And all people saw God's salvation. That's what John the Baptist did with his time. Are you kidding me? That's a really great endorsement and compliment of what John the Baptist did. Nobody is going to say this about me when I'm dead. I'm not going to, you're not going to quote Isaiah 40 at my funeral. I don't know that most of you would come to my funeral. You know, it's just like, this is incredible what John the Baptist did. And Luke is saying, look at what he did with the time of his life and ministry. John was so used by God, he so grew in his relationship with the Lord, and he was so used by God that the only way to describe it was to quote Isaiah and say, this is really what John did. It's an amazing thing how John the Baptist, his time of his life was used. And for you and I, we want to be like John the Baptist, that we would maximize the time of our lives for the Lord, that our lives would matter on this earth. And this is the thing we got to get. God's design for your life and mine is that he put us on this earth for a purpose. And that purpose was to know him and to grow in him and to love him, but also that through us, God could change this world with the gospel. That is the purpose of your life and mine. And so you and I want to constantly be living into and stepping into the purposes of God for our life. And if we want our years to matter and our life to count, in eternity. We want to be people who maximize the time of our lives for the Lord, that we don't waste it, that it's not squandered. It is amazing what God can do. You know, I think about the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. And really the story is he probably fed about 20,000 people when you factor in the women and the children. 
and Jesus fed 20,000 people with one kid's bag of lunch. You would be amazed what God can do with your life if you'll really give it to him and you'll maximize it. And I would be amazed. The smallest offering God can multiply. And we want our lives and our years to count and to matter. We want our time to be maximized for the Lord. This one time when I was in college, I was a junior at the University of Georgia, and it turned out I had two final exams on the same day, one at 8 a.m. and then one at 4 p.m. in the afternoon. And so I was not doing great in the 8 a.m. final class. I had like a C average, um, and I was like, man, I got to really do well on this final so I can pass the class. Um, and then the other class, the 4 p.m. final, I was doing fine, and I was like, oh, no worries there. So this was my plan. This was not a great plan of mine. What I thought was, okay, I'm just going to study for the 8 a.m. final because i got to do really well on it. And after I take that, I should be home around 10 that morning. That'll give me five and a half hours to about 3.30 to study for the second final. This was my grand plan. And so I went and took the first final. It was tough. I did okay. I think I ended up passing the class, so, you know, I didn't kill the final. I just squeaked by. But that part of my plan worked. And so I got home around 10 a.m. I was like, all right, got to study for the next five and a half hours. Well, then I did this, and this was really dumb. So I just sat down on the couch just for like a couple of minutes just to kind of decompress before I started studying. And then what I did was um, I turned on TV, and I, there was a Law & Order episode on. And if I start a Law & Order episode, I have to know how it ends. Like, I have to know what the verdict was and if Jack McCoy won or not. And so I don't like all the extra law and orders. Just give me original law and order. You know, I'm old school like that. So I started watching this, and I was like, I got to know what happens. I can't study right now. And so from 10 to 11, I watched this episode of Law and Order, and I was like, oh, and the show ended. And I was like, oh, dang it. I just wasted all that time. Well, in the midst of being frustrated with myself, I was still sitting on the couch, and then the next episode of Law & Order started, because TNT shows like 400 in a row. And so I, had to, I started the next one accidentally, but then I had to watch it till the end. And so all of a sudden, it is noon, and I have not studied for my second final. And um, I will say it was worth it because they were good verdicts, but it was still like it was a bad plan of mine. And so at noon, I was like, I'm so stupid. I've got to study. And then... I was so tired, I just fell asleep. And so I ended up, not like the whole day, but just for a while. So I ended up studying about half an hour for that second final in the midst of my grand plan. And I went and took it, and I just, I just bombed it. It was just, it was nasty. Fortunately, my grade was well enough to where it came down a good bit, but I still passed. But it was, it was rough, and I just wasted that day. Um, and the point is, our time is what we want to do with it. The choice of how we want to use our time is up to us. And that particular day, I just squandered it, and I paid the price. And when it comes to the time of our lives, what are we going to do with it? Do we want it to be maximized for the Lord, or do we not? And if we do, we want to live in that way and live towards that end. And so the thing we want to ask and to know is, how do we do this? What do we need to do in order to maximize the time of our lives and it's real simple. We need to be like John the Baptist. We need to live and be like John the Baptist, to live the way he lived and to do what he did. And we will maximize the time of their lives. And there are four things John did that I believe were the key. Oh, sorry. I went off for a second. That was kind of cool. Uh, 
But there are four things John did to maximize the time of their life, his life. First thing was this. You and I need to love Jesus supremely. We always love Jesus supremely, that we love him first and above everything else, that he would be our first love. In John's gospel, chapter 3, John the Baptist says that the bride belongs to the bridegroom. And that's what he's saying is he loved Jesus first. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is in Luke chapter 1, John's mother Mary, or sorry, Elizabeth is pregnant with John, and Mary, Jesus' mother, is pregnant with Jesus, and they see each other, and it's so cool. There's two babies in the womb, and when Elizabeth heard Mary's voice, it said John leapt for joy in her womb. John loved Jesus from the start. He loved Jesus more than anything, and that's who God has called us to be, that we would love him supremely. The second thing we do is you've got to surrender all of yourself to the Holy Spirit. It's got to be total submission. Everything you are, everything you have, all of your, your money, your personality, your resources, your life, your children, your job, it all belongs to him, that he would be Lord of it all. John the Baptist was someone who was totally surrendered to the Holy Spirit, and that's who we need to be. Third thing is this. You need to listen to God's voice and obey it. We have got to be women and men who listen to God's voice every day and do what he says. The Christian life, you want to boil it down to one thing. It is listening to the Lord and doing what he says. That's what Jesus tells us in John 6. John the Baptist said, and again, in John chapter 3, he said, he listened to the bridegroom's voice, and that's what we do. And that day to day, we would listen to God through his word and through the spirit and all the different ways that God speaks to us, and we would do what he said, and we would strive for 100% obedience. And the fourth thing we do to be like John the Baptist is we have to seek to establish heaven on earth. That is the mission of God. And the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, Jesus tells us to pray on earth as it is in heaven. And we are to make this world like that world, that we would bring God's presence, his glory, and his power here on the earth. John the Baptist literally prepared the way for Jesus to be revealed as the Son of God and begin his ministry. John the Baptist literally brought heaven to earth in the person of Jesus. And you and I continue that work today through the Holy Spirit. But again, if we will do these four things, we will really maximize the time of our lives. If you and I will live into these four things every day as best as we can, and we won't do it perfectly, but you will begin to grow in God like you never have, and he will begin to move through you to have such a huge impact on this world. And that's the purpose of your life and mine. And that, at that point, we will really, our years will begin to count and to matter in eternity like never before. And that's what God is inviting us to do today. I have a friend, somebody for me personally really embodies what this sermon is about. This friend of mine used to be a huge atheist, hated God, hated religion. But God was at work in their life and began to change them. And ultimately, they had this really powerful kind of Paul, Acts 9, encounter with the Lord, and they became a Christian. And they just fell in love with Jesus immediately. I mean, they went from this just staunch atheist to this passionate lover of God. And then a few years later, this same person felt like God was calling them to go live overseas for the rest of their lives and be a missionary. And that's what they do, and they live over in Asia, and they're just rocking the world with the gospel. 
And for me, this is a person who grows so much in the Lord and also is having a, God is having such an amazing impact through them on this fallen world with the gospel. And that's who God wants us to be. And that's who God wants you and I to be here in Macon, Georgia. And all you have to do is say yes and begin to live into it today. One of my favorite verses in the entire Bible comes out of Matthew chapter 11. And in Matthew 11, Jesus is talking, and he's talking to a crowd of people, and he's actually talking to them about John the Baptist. At this point in the story, John the Baptist has been arrested by Herod, and he is in prison, and he's going to soon be beheaded by Herod. But Jesus is talking to this crowd of people about John the Baptist, and he is really telling them how just amazing John the Baptist is. And then in verse 11 of chapter 11 of Matthew, Jesus says this, and I, I just, there's just something about this verse I'm just like stunned by. Jesus says this, he goes, Among those born of women, no one has risen greater than John the Baptist. That's a pretty great compliment from Jesus. That Jesus looked at John with such awe and respect. And what Jesus is saying is that of all the sinful people ever born, up until this point in history, John's the best one. Which is pretty incredible when you think about all the people that means John had surpassed all the heroes of the Old Testament, Abraham, Moses, David, Esther, Deborah, Isaiah, Elijah, take your pick. John the Baptist had just blown him out of the water. And there are a lot of reasons why John was so great, and we don't have time to talk about all of them, but I do believe that one of the reasons he was so great was because the time of his life was maximized for the Lord. That John the Baptist, every ounce and everything he was, was given over to God as an offering. As Oswald Chambers says, that we would be broken bread and poured out wine for Jesus in this life. That there would be nothing left of us when our time is up. And that's what God is asking us to do. So let me just close by asking you this. What of these steps might you need to take today in order to really maximize your time for the Lord? What step do you need to take? Do you need to love Jesus more supremely in your life? Is there an area of your life you need to surrender to the Holy Spirit? Maybe you need to live your life in such a way that you listen to God's voice more and do what he says. Maybe it's time to really start establishing heaven on earth. But whatever that step is for you, know that God is here to help you take it and begin to take it day by day and to live into that. And the Lord will use you and you'll change your life. Just remember this. If you and I will maximize the time of our lives for Jesus, then Jesus will maximize our lives upon time. If you and I will maximize the time of our lives for Christ and the gospel, then he will maximize our lives upon time in history. Let's pray.